Initiating startup sequence. You're listening to the Loud and Queer podcast, Australia's only national radio show by and for queer youth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Loud and Queer on Sin. We're Australia's only national radio sh- show by and for queer youth. My name's Danny. I'm 23. My pronouns are they, them, or he, him, and I'm a bi person. And I'm joined by two lovely other people in the studio today. Hey, guys. My name's Matilda. I'm 19 and queer, and my pronouns are she, her. I turned 19 on Thursday. Just letting everyone out there know oh, that. <laughs> my name's Amy. I'm 20. Um, pronouns she, her, or they, them, and I'm also bi. And we've got a very special episode for today. What have we got coming up, guys? We're doing our Pride special, so we're going to be talking all things Stonewall. And Amy, what is coming up in segment two? We're going to be talking about the first Sydney Mardi Gras that happened back in 1978. And don't forget, guys, we're on social media, so please do get in contact if you're so inclined, we're on Instagram and Twitter at SinLoud. That's S-Y-N Loud. And you can also catch our podcasts on Omni, iTunes and Stitcher. Yeah. And like I stated before, we are a national broadcast. So in Melbourne, you can find us on 90.7 FM. But for anyone elsewhere, you can tune in online at sin.org.au or find us even on digital radio at Sin as well. But we've got a jam-packed show today, so I think we won't hold the fun discussion up. Maybe we'll throw to our first song. Amy, what have we got coming up? We have By The Way by Oh Boy and Lover here on Light and Queer on Sin. Due to some confusing, boring legal stuff, Sin can't podcast any of the knee-slapping tracks that are played on air. To dance along with us in the studio, you'll need to listen live. Tune your digital radio or stream it online at sin.org.au. And that was, by the way, by Oh Boy featuring Lover. You're tuned in to Loud and Queer on Sin with myself, Danny, Matilda and Amy. This is our special Stonewall anniversary, 50th anniversary special episode. And Matilda, what are we going to talk about now? Yeah, so like you said, this past Friday, June 28th, was the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall riots, which was an uprising and fight back against police raids of gay bars in 1969. Um, this riot in particular led to many fights and protests and marches for equality. Stonewall is one of the most pivotal moments in LGBT history, and that's why today we are talking all things Pride and delving into our history. Mm. And all of us here on the Loud and Queer team, we've been doing a lot of research in this past week, and I think maybe a good point to begin with is that a lot of queer people today call Stonewall the moment that was the catalyst to the queer civil rights movement. But as we got through our research during this week, I think we can agree that we found out that that isn't actually the case. It was extremely monumental and there was, um, from Stonewall, one thing in particular, the Gay Liberation Front, which we will get to in a minute. But um, in our research, we discovered that there were other 
groups, queer groups that fought for equality even before Stonewall. Yeah, and they they were really secret. It happened in the 20s and then again in the 40s. Um, and then I think Stonewall is so monumental to us because um, it was just so common for police raids to be happening in gay bars at the time. And when um, the queer people at the Stonewall Inn um, fought back, it was it was it created a movement and it created what we have now, which we call Pride. So we have all of our Pride marches and celebrations, and that all came from the Gay Liberation Front, who were a group of people in New York City who congregated to discuss um, how to tackle queer rights and and tackle equality in a time where it was illegal to be a part of the LGBT community, and the Gay Liberation Front. Um, created the very first Pride March, which wasn't really a Pride March. It was a fight for equality. And um, in in one year, they went from 50 people to 500 people. And then um, every year from that, it just kept growing and growing. And so the Gay Liberation Front came from the the ashes of the Stonewall Riot. And the Stonewall Riots went on for about four days after June 28th. Yes, yeah. And I think... Amy, during your research as well, because with um, the Stonewall Riot, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, who threw the first brick Mm. or who was the (laughs) the instigator of the Stonewall Riots. But as we uh, went through our research, we discovered that it's more a case of there were multiple figureheads. Yeah, there's a lot of figures to do with the Stonewall Riots. And we know the most commonly person who comes up a lot in this is Marsha P. Johnson, who is really important to know that she was trans and a woman of colour. And I think that's really significant as well, just mm-hmm. to know that that person started or was always seen as one of the people who started this movement as well. And, like, we, as again, like, we don't know exactly who threw the first brick, who first started these riots against the police on this night, but we do know, like, Marsha P. Johnson was there. Yes. And a part of it, as well as a few others. Yeah, and a couple of other really important figures, for example, Sylvia Rivera, who was a Latina transgender woman, mm-hmm. and we also heard a lot about um, Stormy Delavere. And I know, Matilda, you had some more information about Stormy. Yeah, so Stormy um, is said to be the first person to start fighting back against the police. Maybe she didn't throw the first brick or stone or cocktail or whatever, <laughs> but she, in interviews, and um, her friends have accounted that she was the one who really stood up and fought back, um, and then everyone kind of followed followed lead. And so Stormy was a proud butch lesbian, and she also performed as a drag king. She was mm. the only female mm. performer um, at that time. So most of them were, were drag queens, um, and so, yeah, she was the only female performer who, who presented masculinely. Um, and the the way that she kind of led this this revolution of um, gender non-conforming women was, was so amazing. So we should also attribute her to that as well because um, I know that during Stonewall, right before the Stonewall riots, uh, there were a lot of police raids wherein the police would come and if you weren't wearing feminine clothes and you were a woman you would be taken to the bathrooms and strip searched and they would it, it was extremely intrusive and but it was I really even, brutal yeah. and violent brutal yeah and it was just, they had no care for anyone else and it was just awful awful things they did to them to give like our listeners an example of the level of insanity of that is on one of the documentaries or podcasts i was 
listening to or watching in the lead up to this, one woman who was at the riots was talking about that she was wearing a pair of jeans that had as like a zipper fly and that was considered to not be feminine mm. or women's clothing. And so she, even that tiny, tiny little detail in her clothes had to be hidden because otherwise she would have been subject to a police search or um, arrested or something horrible and like that. And back then they had um, lesbian bars where they were run by women and if younger um, gay women would come in, they'd give them the full rundown of what would happen when there was a police raid. It was like a full... It was a full thing. It was scary. Yeah. Mm. And I'm really glad I wasn't alive in that time. <laughs> yeah. But us as young queer people really have to give our thanks to yeah. the, those of us who have who have come before us and fought for for our rights and um, delve into our history of Stonewall, which is so significant. Yeah, it's really important to know our history as well and know where this, has, this fight has come from and where the fight is still going on in a lot of countries today, including Australia and America. Yes. And like, it's still going on, and like, but it's still important to remember where it all started. And it's also... Um, have you guys seen the film Stonewall? No, but I've no, heard about but it. I've <laughs> seen a lot of stuff yeah, about it. That kind of brings me into the point that it's it's crucial for us not to glorify what life was like in Greenwich Village mm. in the late 60s. Stonewall, was it mafia run? Yeah, it was owned by the mafia because it was back then it was... Some bars were, had illegal licenses to sell alcohol. Yeah, I think and so it was. Stonewall was one of these bars where they had they didn't have a license, so they were illegally selling alcohol. They didn't have a license to, because the council no. wouldn't allow gay people. Yeah, because it was the gay bars. Yeah. they wouldn't be allowed to have liquor license. So the mafia owned a lot of them, and they'd pay off the mafia for protection, mm. so even though police raided them a lot. Stonewall is like it's said to be a safe haven for queer people, and that's yes. where they all went. But um, Stonewall wasn't pretty or clean or filled with love and rainbow rainbows. Yeah. It was dirty yeah. and messy and mafia-run and scary, and it was the only place. Well, there's even there's, um, like rainbow seniors, as we like to call them <laughs> now, who were there who say, oh, no, Stonewall was a dump. There was a bar, you know, down the road that we much preferred. Yeah. Um, so it is, like, is mythologised the right word, maybe? We glorify. Uh, glorify, yeah. glorify. That, yeah, and that's what the movie Stonewall did. Yeah. And I think that movie as well, it's been called out a lot because although I haven't seen it from what I've heard from a lot of older queer people is that in its depiction, it's very cisgender, gay, yeah. white man. Yeah. yeah and as, and that's, as we've just spoken about, yeah. that's not who who were the, the leading figures of the Stonewall riots. Mm, and on it that, was not accurate. No, no. <laughs> it was very, like, Hollywood. Um, yeah. But on that note, when I was learning about Stormy Delavere, one thing that I really appreciated is that she was known for looking out for younger queer women. And mm. I think later on in her career, she later on in her life, she worked as a bouncer at a lot of bars and clubs. Mm-hmm. But um, during the era of um, Stonewall, she would often look out for the younger queer women. And because as we know, the queer community historically hasn't been the most inclusive of women. Mm -hmm. And I think it is important to pay props to Stormy, especially on this anniversary, so that, you know, her name and what she did isn't forgotten. I think it's very important. And it's also important to mention that Stormy was um, a, a biracial woman and growing up biracial in, in the 50s and 60s was... I think she was born in 1920, I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, and, 1920. Yep. Yeah, and growing up as a biracial woman in that time was, was so difficult because you didn't have one community that you be- 
belonged to. And she was from the South as well. So we know historically, like she's from Louisiana, yeah. Yeah. historically in America, uh, the South, not the most progressive but place. It's not a good place to be. <laughs> <laughs> not back then, no. No, no. Um, but I think this is a, such a huge discussion. Yeah. We today, we just want to pay our respects to our Rainbow Seniors and get the important facts out there because I think a lot of queer people today, especially in Australia, because mm. it wasn't the country where Stonewall happened, mm-hmm. it is important to know these sorts of things. We could talk for hours and continue our research. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, there's, yes. there's, there's so a lot much to unpack, but I feel like we've we've hit things that are, are crucial and for our listeners, I hope that this has been somewhat um, educational. I know that I learnt a lot during during the process of gathering all that information. But coming up now, I've got a really exciting song. This is Rocket Man by Elton John. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. Did you know we have a Facebook group? Find us on Facebook in the Sin Nation Loud and Queer Community Cafeteria. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin Nation. That was Receipts by Serpent the Feet and Ty Dollar Sign. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. My name is Matilda and I'm joined here with Danny and Amy. And in segment one, we were talking about the Stonewall riots. And I think it's really important for us to just chuck out there that we're not experts. We weren't around during the time. We're just young queer folk who are delving into our history because we feel it's really important, especially as it is the 50th year anniversary. So if we have said anything that you'd like to start a conversation with us, please jump onto our socials. We've got Twitter and Instagram at SinLoud. That's S-Y-N Loud. Yeah, so as Matilda said before, we talked about Stonewall and the significance of that. And we may not know who threw the first brick, but we know that it did start a domino effect around the world and it started a lot of pride movements. And one of those was in Australia, which was the first Sydney Mardi Gras in 1978. (laughs) My mind is a little bit blank there. (laughs) That happened on the 24th of July, which is kind of (laughs) soonish. Yes, yeah. Coming up for the anniversary of that. But this was a really big movement in Australia and I think one of the big first ones to happen. And so it was started by a group called known as the Gay Solidarity Gay Solidarity Group. But they also got the name the Seventy Eighters. And on the cold night they took to the streets in a peaceful march to promote LGBT culture but also spreading awareness into the discrimination they faced every day and that was just by police or just day to day lives of homophobia. And so they went down Oxford Street towards the city centre of Sydney while also calling others to join them by chanting like out of the bars and into the streets. And when they reached Hyde Park that's where things really went from good to bad, where they were met with the police force and a lot of brutality, and it was mm-hmm. really awful. So that night, 53 people were arrested and many more were assaulted by just trying to rescue those who were being arrested by police and dragged along the ground, and it was just just a lot of awful things were happening that night. And so a lot of them were arrested, taken back down to the police station, a lot of them followed them back down to the police station and sat outside holding hands when we were singing songs while those were being brutally brutally bashed by police yeah. inside. And it was just awful. And 
the day after, a lot of names and pictures were posted in the local newspaper, mm-hmm. which was which means like they were outed, which was really dangerous in those times, and it led to a lot of people losing jobs, family were disowning members, and a lot of people did commit suicide, sadly. That's crazy. Like, 1978, to us it seems like a long time ago, but yeah, it really it wasn't. Really wasn't. Like, my parents awful. were born then. Yeah. 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 And one interesting point that I think it would be good to talk about uh, regarding Australian Mardi Gras. Maybe before we continue, I might just read out some hotlines just in case anything that we're chatting about today is distressing for any of our listeners. Um, so QLife are contactable on, once again, I'm struggling to find it on the run sheet. It's 1-800-184-527. Yes. So um, please do reach out if anyone is struggling with this or it maybe even just tune out for the next couple of minutes. Mm-hmm. But one important talking point with Australian Mardi Gras is the history of police brutality with that. Mm, yeah. And then in recent years, there's been a police float at Sydney Mardi yeah, Gras. And it has a lot of topics around that of, like, do police belong at Pride? A lot of people And this is a whole other topic. That. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> a big topic. We can go topic. into, but it's just, it kind of relates back to the police brutality and, like, should they belong there well, here's, after what happens? Here's my question. I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong, so don't, don't fact-check <laughs> me, don't quote me, that the Australian police released something apologising for everything that happened. I never saw an apology, but okay, I, I know. <laughs> but I know the police now have their their force. I can't remember what they're called now, but I know them. <laughs> they <laughs> have police dedicated to working with queer people. Oh, okay. And I can't remember what they're. I have no problem with the police being at Pride, being that they are queer police or or allies. Yeah. Because it's not just the police float. It should be the the queer police float. Mm. Um, Mm. I just had a wee Google. And so back in 2016, so it says, um, title is Sydney Mardi Gras, New South Wales police apologise over 78 arrests and Mm -hmm. bashings, which I mean like is a good sign. But even though they've apologised, that doesn't necessarily mean that we want them at the parade. Like, yeah. I haven't... Granted, I know a lot more about the American queer history just because that's what's more glorified yeah. as opposed to Mardi Gras yeah. in Australia. So I do have a bit more to learn about the um, yeah. the Mardi Gras history in Australia. Um, and I guess, like we said, this topic of the police's involvement is kind of a whole other topic yeah. that we might talk about maybe later on in the season or in the year here on Loud and Queer. But I think it was, yeah, an important thing to raise... Because um, it is quite in- in- yeah. interesting. and so Even around that time, there was the gay panic was going on, which was pretty much everyone was getting away with killing a gay person because they just used the excuse, oh, they were gay, so I killed them. Yes, which I is, saw that. So but... it's just horrible, and a lot of them, a lot of those laws were still around up until, like, late 90s. Yeah, especially Tasmania. in Tasmania. Yeah, Tasmania was the last state to finally decriminalise it. What was and it, 97? Ni- yeah, I think 97. Yeah. It sounds about right. Yeah. And it sounds about right. And I guess yeah, because on today's episode we are talking about the importance of knowing our history and things, and I guess something that because we have this platform and you know we're broadcasting across the country, we need to encourage our listeners to go and learn this history and particularly the Australian history because yeah. with 
you know, Stonewall and things like that. There's so many documentaries and films and things like that. It's very accessible. And like we were saying in segment one, it's quite glorified. So it, it's even though it's quite a traumatic period, it's kind of exciting to go mm-hmm. back and check it out and things. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we don't have that same momentum behind Australia's history. Yeah. So as young queer people and if we're coming on this radio show every week and, you know, we're lucky enough to have this platform, us as well as other young queer people in Australia, we need to learn this history and be able to know where we've come from and to inform other queer and non-queer people as well because... I, I feel like we we just have so much further to go. Yes. Yes. Like, which we'll talk about more in, in segment three. In segment three, three today. Yes. But it's such an important point. I mean... Like, Australia's history isn't all sunshine and rainbows. Oh, God, like, no. you know, like It's not. It's dirty, awful. It's and like, brutal. It really shows, like, there's a long way to go still, but, like, it's so important to remember what happened here so in Australia that as we well. we now have so, Mardi Gras, which is it's like phenomenal and world-renowned, and people travel from, from all over the world to come yeah. to to Mardi Gras, which is actually now celebrated, like, February, March. It's not in... It's March. Yeah, like early March. Yeah, early March. Yeah. yeah, so like Australia's Pride Month is actually different to America. So this month is, we call it Pride Month, but it's actually America's Yeah, ours Pride is in month. October, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it's we, we don't have the same Pride Month, but I guess given the significance of, the, especially this year with the anniversary, it is important yeah. to speak about it today. And it, once again... It's another huge topic that we could go on for for days, but I think what we might do is we're gonna we've got some great tracks to play for our listeners this afternoon. So I think we might jump into a couple more tracks, and then when we come back, we're gonna have a chat about a bit like what we were talking about today: what we can do as young queer people and where we are at today, and where what we this need means to go. for us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I am very, very excited to play this next track. It was chosen by one of our contributors and season one host, Sammy, who some of our listeners might be familiar with. And it is, I think it was around in the 80s. Um, it's a house song. And obviously, some of our listeners will know that house music is incredibly important in queer history, especially given the 1980s ballroom scene in Harlem, New York. And so this track, it comes from uh, Farley, Jackmaster Funk and Daryl Pandy, two people that I didn't really know at all before hearing the song this week. Um, I'm just going to jump in and play it for us, but it is a very fun house track. And for our listeners, maybe go and check out who these people were and the importance of house music for our queer history um you're tuned into loud and queer on sin and this is love can't turn around my dreams are broken hearted did i want you baby that was love can't turn around by farley jackmaster funk and daryl pandy you're listening to loud and queer here on sin my name's amy and i'm joining you with matilda and danny and right now we're going to be talking um about Pride, Mardi Gras and protests and kind of just a big open conversation about issues that we have and where we need to go. And yeah, and linking it back to today and what we can do as young queer people. Yeah. Yeah, and where that sort of leaves us for today. Well, I think 
one of the major points that we've we've touched on a lot today is the fact just to begin with knowing our history is the starting point i think mm. because we can't act on behalf of our community if we don't know the history yeah we don't want to make fools of ourselves. No. <laughs> Imagine if, like, everything we said today, like, we, just, we didn't do we any research. just made research. it all up. <laughs> I learned so but... much in the, process, in the process of today's show. I, I really learned a lot, and I really feel like I, I don't know why I didn't know so much. Well, it's not taught to us. No. I know, like, you have to go find it yourself. Like, I learn about Stonewall, like, Year 10 History, when we had to write an essay about a big, mo- like, history movement, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to make this gay... And I researched and I found Stonewall. I'm like, this is interesting. I'm going to write about this. And it just led me down the path of learning. But even in that instance, though, like, it was still your initiative that led you to do it. It still wasn't, like, I'm assuming none of your teachers told you. And I'm assuming it's because because you're queer as well. Like, what, did your straight friends do it? Probably not. No. (laughs) No. And there are issues that we as queer people are educating ourselves on every day that aren't necessarily queer related. Like I used to love history and I I learned a lot about our First Nations history and then African American history and all of that, but I never learned anything about queer history. Mm. Yeah. Like with Mardi Gras, I had no idea where it came from and it probably wasn't till a few years ago, I can't remember what year, but a few years ago, they were doing a big thing about the 78ers and ABC had a little special doco about it and I watched that and I'm like, I'd learn a lot. I'm like, wow. And then there was a lot of promos going on other TV shows and interviews that I was watching at the time and it was just, I just learnt all this stuff and did a bit of Googling and learnt some more things and I think I spoke about it in an essay in English at one point because I was like, I'm going to make this gay too. <laughs> and I guess go, another facts. thing that kind of comes up is uh, now that you have marriage equality, you don't need pride. Pride is just a party. It's like, yeah. no, pride no. is a protest. Get out like, of here, corporations. I, I, yeah, corporations <laughs> really need to understand that that history of where pride came from, yeah. how it originated, and what it was for. It was an equality march. It was an uprising. It was a riot. It wasn't a party filled with rainbows, and we should be so grateful now that we have that. But there is still more work to be done. And this might be a bit of a, not controversial, but a bit of a different opinion. Let me know if you guys agree with me. But I sort of think with things like Pride and Mardi Gras, like it is a celebration, but I feel like we shouldn't, not, not entitled to participate, but we need to know the history before we go to things like that. And like, obviously we can't have, you know, we can't police every queer person's knowledge of yeah. the history and things like that. But especially for more privileged queer people, it, it like it's great, you know, to go to Mardi Gras and celebrate and everything, but it gets trivialised if you don't know where it's come from and if, you, if you're not paying respect to the yeah. proper figureheads who have led us to where we are Yeah, today. and I also feel that because of Pride and because of the way it's televised and how big it is and social media. And Pride grows every year and it becomes bigger and it becomes more of a party. And I understand your topic, but I, your point of discussion, but I also feel that if it wasn't that big and if not everyone was going, people wouldn't realise it was a thing and then they wouldn't look into the history of it. Yes, and that is a very valid yes. point, yes. I just feel like more could be done just to raise the significance about it and just have more places talk about it, like have like the news talk about it when it's coming up, have programs for like 
made for it and just have people like engage with it and teach people about it like teach people maybe they'll have a better understanding of it maybe australia would not have its marriage equality had it not been for our mardi gras and 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 pride across the world and countries like was it taiwan that just recently legalized same-sex marriage Mm. and the way social media is now and the way that pride is um documented it shows what pride is and what it means to be a queer person all across the world. And I feel it has an amazing domino effect, the same way that the first brick did in in Stonewall. Mm, And there's such power behind social media when it is used in a correct way. Like, I know I personally always try to share interesting podcasts that I'm listening to or important articles to not just to my queer friends but to allies and, I guess, non-allies as well Mm. to be aware of what's happening um, in our present day as well. Because like we said, it's not all peachy right now. We've still got a lot of issues. Yeah, yeah like we talk over. about marriage equality and, yeah, that's all nice and, and dandy and great, but that happened a year and a half ago. Mm. Yeah. You know? And, like, there's still more things that need to be done. Like, there's still trans kids who need protecting and more support and there's other countries that need our help. And The way that, that trans people and people of colour queer people of colour are treated has so far to go. Yes. And Pride needs to be so inclusive of that. Yeah, Yeah. and we've spoken in previous weeks about what's been happening in Dallas and things like that recently, which we won't get into detail today, but basically making the point that, yes, there's still a lot still happening. And I guess, again, like I said, being three young queer people who are lucky enough to have this platform, we... Yes, we need to celebrate our history, but we also need to stay angry and keep mm. our voices loud yeah. and loud and informed as well because we never want to hijack the discussion of other people in the queer mm. community. Yeah, like I, I want safe schools and I want marriage equality in the Middle East and in Asia and in countries that aren't as fortunate to have this progressive bubble that we live in and in rural Australia, you know, just a few hours away. Yes, I remember. I think it was on yeah. our first episode. Emily, our one of our presenters, spoke about that in Melbourne. We do, and I completely agree with her. We live in a progressive bubble in Melbourne. Once you go out of Melbourne into more rural Australia, you come across some quite different attitudes. And we're not here to condemn that, but we do need to be aware of that and see how that's potentially different. In- and our our laws mm. may favour us, yeah. but there's. This huge society out there that doesn't accept us and nurture us and we're not here to be babied but we're here to be respected and we're here to be your equals. There's still laws that are still dangerous and scary for us. Even now in um, federal government there's going to be discussions about um, LGBT freedom and safety. Yeah. And it's like this is still happening in 2019 after all this discussion and this all this fighting and protesting like it's still happening and then it's still not listening to us and it's like you need to protect us you need to help the trans kids you need to help the people of color and you need to do more like there's so and much emily, more to be done emily our presenter who's usually here but she's not here today we love you emily she shared with uh, a fact with me um that just recently there was a, a law passed about um defamation and it's no longer defamatory to be to call someone gay because no um the mm. the law says that no 
good and decent person would be homophobic and so that's only something that happened recently before that it was defamatory to be called gay because that's such a ghastly and awful and horrible thing isn't it you know like like little things just keep happening every day and that's why the fight's not over and that's why pride is still a protest yeah everyone needs to realize that and i think companies do as well and media need to realise that as well and it's just But also we, we shouldn't it. feel guilty about celebrating because mm. we we celebrate because of the people who were before us. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. it's important to remember those who did come before us. Like without those people we wouldn't be here today doing this radio show. We couldn't go out into the street and be ourselves. Yeah. yeah. We get to live in like Happy time. Yeah. Happier time. And we don't have the energy to be constantly angry and fighting. Yeah. We do have to celebrate how far we've come as well. As per usual, um, hit us up on our socials if you want to join in with this discussion because our episode is wrapping up soon. But we are contactable on Twitter and Instagram at SinLoud. That's S-Y-N Loud. But for the moment, we're going to throw to another song that Amy is going to introduce for us. This song is called Pray by Tasman Keith and Stevie Jean here on Loud and Queer on Sin. That was Pray by Tasman Keith and Stevie Jean. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin. My name is Matilda and I'm joined here with Danny and Amy. Yeah, and today's show was a special for Pride and we spoke about the 50th anniversary of Stonewall Riots. We spoke about Australian history and the first Sydney Mardi Gras. And we also had a big discussion about where Pride is now and just our general thoughts about how we feel. Yeah, and the historical importance and the importance of staying informed as young queer people. Hopefully for our listeners, this was an informative episode. Um, I know a lot of queer people, like we had a chat, we all had varying uh, levels of background knowledge on this topic. Um, But despite that, it is important, no matter how much you know, to always continue learning more and informing others and... Also keeping our voices loud as well, because like we said, the fight isn't over. We've still got (laughs) a long way to go. (laughs) A long, long way. And if you ever want to revisit any of our episodes, you can catch our podcasts on Omni iTunes and Stitcher. Yes. And we're also contactable on socials. Amy, where can our listeners find us? They can find us on Twitter and Instagram at SinLoud. Yes, and if you have any thoughts on what we spoke about today or even maybe some cool resources that you think are important for queer people to come across, throw them our way because we're more than happy to always engage with more queer content. But thank you to everyone for listening to Loud and Queer on this Sunday afternoon. I hope everyone's had a good weekend. But we're going to play us out with another song. Who wants to... Introduce this one for us. This is Nice to Have by 070 Shake. You're listening to Loud and Queer on Sin, and thank you guys so much for tuning in to our Pride special. Thank you. Stay hydrated. Bye, guys. You can tune in to hear Loud and Queer streaming live on Sin Nation at sin.org.au. You can find more of our episodes on Omni, SoundCloud and iTunes. Our podcast music is by accident. You can find more of her music on Bandcamp. You can find us on Facebook in the Sin Nation Loud and Queer Community Cafeteria and find us on Twitter at Sin Loud.